I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. In today's reading, we'll be looking at Ezekiel chapters 32, 33, and 34. In Ezekiel chapter 32, we have yet another prophecy on Egypt. Verse 1, And it came to pass in the twelfth year and the twelfth month, and the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh king of Egypt, and say unto him, Thou art like a young lion of the nations, and thou art as a whale in the seas. And thou camest forth with thy rivers, and troublest the waters with thy feet, and foutest their rivers. Thus saith the Lord God, I will therefore spread out my net over thee with a company of many people, and they shall bring thee up in my net. Then will I leave thee upon the land, I will cast thee forth upon the open field, and will cause all the fowls of the heaven to remain upon thee. And I will fill the beast of the whole earth with thee. And I will lay thy flesh upon the mountains, and fill the valleys with thy height. I will also water with thy blood the land wherein thou swimmest, even to the mountains, and the rivers shall be full of thee. And when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven, and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. All the bright lights of heaven will I make dark over thee, and set darkness upon thy land, saith the Lord God. I will also vex the hearts of many people, when I shall bring thy destruction among the nations into the countries which thou hast not known. Yea, I will make many people amazed at thee, and their kings shall be horribly afraid for thee, and I shall brandish my sword before them, and they shall tremble at every moment and every man for his own life in the day of thy fall. For thus saith the Lord God, The sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon thee. Of the swords of the mighty will I cause thy multitude to fall. The terrible of the nations, all of them, they shall spoil the pomp of Egypt, and all the multitude thereof shall be destroyed. I will destroy also all the beasts thereof from beside the great waters. Neither shall the foot of man trouble them any more nor the hooves of beasts trouble them. Then will I make their waters deep, and cause their rivers to run like oil, saith the Lord God. And I shall make the land of Egypt desolate, and the country shall be destitute of that wherein it was full. And I shall smite all them that dwell therein. Then shall they know that I am the Lord. This is the lamentation wherewith they shall lament her. The daughters of the nation shall lament her. They shall lament for her, even for Egypt, and for all her multitude, saith the Lord God. Well, as I said before, here is yet another prophecy regarding the fall of Egypt. This series began in Ezekiel chapter 29. Based upon the date given to us in verse 1, we know that this is one was given in March of 585 B.C., in year 12 and month 12, after Jehoiakim had been dethroned and imprisoned in Babylon the same time that Zedekiah had become the Babylonian-appointed king of Judah. At this point, Jerusalem has fallen, just as Ezekiel had prophesied. We see from Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 21, that the news of the fall had reached these exiles, 
two months earlier. Misery loves company. For a comprehensive look at the fall of Jerusalem, take a look at the notes on Jeremiah chapter 52. Since Jerusalem has fallen, what about Egypt? Is God going to do what he said he would do with them also? Well, yes. Here it is in this chapter, the final two prophecies on the fall of Egypt from Ezekiel. Pharaoh's demise gets some mention in this one. Verse 11 makes clear that Babylon is the conquering culprit here. Then we have one more final prophecy on Egypt, beginning with verse 17 of chapter 32. It came to pass also in the twelfth year, in the fifteenth day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, wail for the multitude of Egypt, and cast them down, even her and the daughters of the famous nations, unto the nether parts of the earth, with them that go down into the pit. Whom dost thou pass in beauty? Go down, and be thou laid with the uncircumcised. They shall fall in the midst of them that are slain by the sword. She is delivered to the sword. Draw her and her multitudes. The strong among the mighty shall speak to him out of the midst of hell, with them that help him. They are gone down. They lie uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Asher is there, and all her company. His graves are about him. All of them slain, fallen by the sword, whose graves are set in the sides of the pit, and her company is round about her grave. All of them slain, fallen by the sword, which caused terror in the land of the living. There is Elam and all her multitude round about her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, which are gone down, uncircumcised, into the nether parts of the earth, which caused their terror in the land of the living. Yet have they borne their shame with them that go down to the pit. They have set her a bed in the midst of the slain with all her multitude. Her graves are round about him, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Though their terror was caused in the land of the living, yet have they borne their shame with them that go down to the pit. He is put in the midst of them that be slain. There is Meshach, Tubal, and all her multitude. Her graves are round about him, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword, though they cause their terror in the land of the living. And they shall not lie with the mighty that are fallen of the uncircumcised, which are gone down to hell with their weapons of war. And they have laid their swords under their heads, but their iniquity shall be upon their bones, though they were the terror of the mighty in the land of the living. Yea, thou shalt be broken in the midst of the uncircumcised, and shalt lie with them that are slain with the sword. There is Edom, her kings, and all her princes, which with their might are laid by them that were slain with the sword. They shall lie with the uncircumcised, and with them that go down to the pit. There be the princes of the north, all of them, and all the Zidonians, which are gone down with the slain. With their terror they are ashamed of their might, that they lie uncircumcised with them that be slain with the sword, and bear their shame with them that go down to the pit. Pharaoh shall see them, and shall be comforted over all his multitude, even Pharaoh, and all his army slain with the sword, saith the Lord God. For I have caused my terror in the land of the living, and he shall be laid in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that are slain with the sword, even Pharaoh and all his multitude, saith the Lord God. Well, this prophecy was issued in April of 585 B.C. 
It follows by one month, the preceding prophecy at the beginning of the chapter, and basically assigns Egypt their place with all the other surrounding nations, and that place is death and destruction. While Egypt was one of the last nations in the region left standing, so to speak, the nation did fall to the Babylonians around 568 B.C., just as Ezekiel prophesied. Finally, we are now done with the oracles of Egypt. We started these oracles against Egypt back in Ezekiel chapter 29. In chapter 33, Ezekiel explains his job as a watchman. Chapter 33, verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if a people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel, thus ye speak, saying, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live, turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Therefore thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression, as for the wickedness of the wicked. He shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness, neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trust to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousnesses shall not be remembered, but for his iniquity that he hath committed. He shall die for it. Again, when I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, if he turn from his sin, and do that which is lawful and right, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned unto him. He hath done that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. Yet the children of thy people say, The way of the Lord is not equal. But as for them, their way is not equal. When the righteous turneth from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Yet you say, The way of the Lord is not equal. 
O ye house of Israel, I will judge you every one after his ways. And it came to pass in the twelfth year of our captivity, in the tenth month, and in the fifth day of the month, that one that had escaped out of Jerusalem came unto me, saying, The city is smitten. Now the hand of the Lord was upon me in the evening, before he that escaped came, and he had opened my mouth until he came to me in the morning, and my mouth was open, and I was no more dumb. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, they that inhabit those wastes of the land of Israel speak, saying, Abraham was one, and he inherited the land, but we are many, the land is given us for inheritance. Wherefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Ye eat with the blood, and lift up your eyes toward your idols, and shed blood. And shall ye possess the land? Ye stand upon your sword, ye work abominations, and ye defile every one his neighbor's wife. And shall ye possess the land? Say thou thus unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, As I live, surely they that are in the waste shall fall by the sword, and him that is in the open field will I give to the beast to be devoured. And they be in the forts, and the caves shall die of the pestilence. For I will lay the land most desolate, and the pomp of her strength shall cease. And the mountain of Israel shall be desolate, that none shall pass through. Then shall they know that I am the Lord, when I have laid the land most desolate because of all their abominations which they have committed. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses, and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people. They hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice, and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. Well, there's no need to prophesy concerning the fall of Jerusalem at this point. It's already happened. Ezekiel told them and told them, but all they did was hate him for it. It's a tough, tough job. It was his job to warn the wicked. We see that in verses 8 and 9. In verses 10 through 20, Ezekiel stresses the importance of individual obedience on behalf of these exiled Jews. Then in verse 21, the message comes from an escapee of Jerusalem that the city had in fact fallen to the Babylonians. It's been a tough seven plus years for Ezekiel since he began to prophesy about this. As a matter of fact, go listen to this. He didn't speak except when he prophesied for the whole seven year time period. We see that in Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 24 through 27. Here in verse 22, we see that Ezekiel can speak again. His muteness is gone. Ezekiel's told that now the people will know that he had prophesied correctly. Now, some dates of interest regarding the fall of Jerusalem. Let's look over them. December, January 589, 588 B.C., the siege on Jerusalem was begun by the Babylonians. And then in September of 586 B.C., Jerusalem, in fact, fell to the Babylonians. 
And then in December, January 586, 585 BC, the refugee in verse 21 shows up in Babylonia to report the fall of Jerusalem. So you'll notice that the siege on Jerusalem lasted for about 31 months. It took five months for word to get back to the exiles in Babylonia that Jerusalem had fallen. Where is the internet when you need it? Some have taken this passage out of context to be a universal lesson on a believer's responsibility to witness to the lost and consequences for not doing so. In rendering this passage as such, they surmise that the physical death spoken of here is really a reference to spiritual death and that those who had salvation in Christ can in fact lose it, according to them. It's a very dishonest way of teaching that one can lose one's salvation, and it's all done by grossly misrepresenting Scripture. Likewise, these teachers have done the same thing with Ezekiel's comments about his responsibilities to warn the Jews in Ezekiel chapter 3 and Ezekiel chapter 18. As a matter of fact, notice the clarity in this passage, that this warning is designed to motivate Ezekiel to take his warning to the house of Israel. We saw that in verses 7, 10, 11, and 20. That brings us to Ezekiel chapter 34. It talks about those bad, bad shepherds. Beginning with verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves, should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick. Neither have ye bound up that which was broken. Neither have ye brought again that which was driven away. Neither have ye sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. And they were gathered because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand, and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. In that culture, it was common to refer to a nation's leader as the nation's shepherds. Israel had some bad, bad shepherds, as we see here, that caused the nation to sin and ultimately that nation to fall. That's Ezekiel's theme in this chapter. We find this indictment against these leaders in verses 1 through 10. But there's coming a day, beginning with verse 11. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep, 
that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away, and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, I will feed them with judgment." And as for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I judge between cattle and cattle, between the rams and the he-goats. Seemeth it a small thing unto you that have eaten up the good pasture, but ye must tread down with your feet the residue of your pastures, and to have drunk of the deep waters, but ye must foul the residue with your feet. And as for my flock, they eat that which ye have trodden with your feet, and they drink that which ye have fouled with your feet. Therefore thus saith the Lord God unto them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat cattle and between the lean cattle. Because ye have thrust with side and shoulder, and have pushed all the diseased with your horns, till ye have scattered them abroad, therefore will I save my flock, and they shall no more be a prey. And I will judge between cattle and cattle. And I will set one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace, and will cause the evil beasts to cease out of the land. And they shall dwell safely in the wilderness, and sleep in the woods." And I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessings. And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit. And the earth shall yield her increase. And they shall be safe in their land and shall know that I am the Lord. And I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them out of the hand of those that serve themselves of them. And they shall no more be a prey to the heathen. Neither shall the beast of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and none shall make them afraid. And I will raise up for them a plant of renown, and they shall be no more consumed with hunger in the land, neither bear the shame of the heathen any more. Thus shall they know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God. And ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men. And I am your God, saith the Lord God. Well, finally, in verses 11 through 24, we find a promise to gather those scattered sheep back together into one place. That's the millennium, definitely the millennium. Now, we know so because the clear mention of David is seen in verse 24. The judgment that takes place here in verse 17 equates the judgments of Matthew 25, which take place just prior to the beginning of the millennium. The good shepherd will rule over them. Well, that's the Messiah, Jesus. It's no wonder the good shepherd metaphor in John chapter 10 angered those Pharisees so much 
they immediately would have equated those words with this chapter concerning the coming Messiah. Then we have a taste of exactly what life on earth during the millennium will be like in verses 25 to 31. First of all, God will rule with David among the people. Now, some people have looked at that and wondered whether it's talking about David or, in fact, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Well, I've written an article that if you go to Bible Track on this day, uh, 1128, you'll find to the right, the right column, a pink box that has King David's role in the millennium. In fact, what you'll find from that article is it's confirmed in several Old Testament passages, Hosea 3.5, Jeremiah 30, verse 9, Ezekiel 34, 23, and 24, Ezekiel 37, 24, and 25, along with a host of supporting scriptures in Ezekiel chapter 44 and other places, 45, uh, 46, 48, where we see that both David and Jesus as the Messiah will both be reigning during the millennium. And I encourage you to go look at those passages and see if there's any other conclusion to which you might come. So we see that during the millennium, here's what will take place. God will rule with David among the people of Israel, also will include the Messiah. No fear of harm from predators or animals will be experienced there. There will be appropriate seasonal rainfall. It will be completely secure from man or beast. There will be no more hunger, and a restored relationship between God and the people will be experienced. A clarification needs to be made to distinguish this period as the Messianic kingdom. We anticipate the implementation of the kingdom in what we commonly call the millennium, the millennium is a distinct period of 1,000 years presented to us very clearly by John in Revelation chapter 20. During that period, Satan will be bound. He will have no influence over the inhabitants of the earth. Moreover, the Jewish people will have been purged prior to the beginning of the millennium, and all the Jewish people will be living under the provisions of the new covenant outlined in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. Now, at the end of the millennium, Satan will be loosed and will subsequently organize a great rebellion of Gentiles against the Messiah. These wicked Gentiles will be comprised of those Gentiles who were born during the millennium and chose not to acknowledge Jesus as Savior and Messiah. There is no scriptural indication that any Jews will join this rebellion. After the rebellion is quashed by the Messiah, a new heaven and new earth will be established wherein evil will no longer exist, and that's clearly stated in Revelation chapter 21. If you'd like to read more about the conditions of the millennium and the new earth to follow, uh, go to the commentary on Isaiah chapter 65 and read the notes there. So that's Ezekiel's message of restoration. So you see... Ezekiel wasn't all bad news. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.